You're listening to the Tooth Sleuth Podcast. Hosted by Greg Essenmacher. Welcome to the Tooth Sleuth Podcast, all about the business of dentistry. I'm Greg Essenmacher, your host. Although I'm not a dentist, I've been known to play one over your favorite listening devices. On today's episode, I'm excited to welcome two of my good friends, Brittany and Jamie. Brittany Matthews is a graduate of Western Michigan University, where she had the pleasure of majoring in sales. Brittany has built a career in the medical sales industry, which includes 10 years of dental experience. In her free time, Brittany enjoys spending time with her husband, daughter, and their two English bulldogs. She has a true passion for supporting women in the workplace and advocating for women in leadership. One of her favorite quotes by Sheryl Sandberg states, In the future, there will be no female leaders. There will just be leaders. Welcome, Brittany. Thanks so much, Greg. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And Jamie Stell is an MBA graduate of Oklahoma State University and dental professional of 13 years. In over a decade of working with doctors and practices, her passion is identifying opportunities for them to increase production and improve efficiencies. The most exciting point in Jamie's career was seeing dental schools convert from largely a male population to nearly 50-50. Welcome. Thank you so much, Jamie, for being here tonight. Thank you so much, Greg. Absolutely. All right, ladies, let's rock and roll. I give you free reign to beat me down if I ever get into mansplaining today. How fair does that sound for you? Perfect. We've been waiting our our whole lives. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me start by saying both of you have a lot of experience in dental, in dental sales. You've been, you know, I've known you for a while. So tell me, what's the most commonly asked questions from doctors that you get today in the, in the workplace? How much does your product cost? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's a good question. I think the most common theme that I see, Greg, in, you know, today and over the last 10 years, everyone's always interested in the competition in their area. They always want to know what everybody else is doing and making sure that they're kind of keeping up with this huge technology curve that we've seen over the last few years. So for me, I would say that's probably what I'm talking about most often. It seems to come up in almost all interactions. People are just curious about what their peers are doing in their local area and kind of seeing if they're, you know, if you will, keeping up with the Joneses. I would 100% echo that. You stole the words out of my mouth. Usually the first thing they ask is, oh, who else have you seen today? What's new? What are, you know, what have they been up to? You know, what are you hearing? What's coming down the pipe? It's always about market intel and information they can gather from someone else and perfectly said, keeping up with the Joneses every single time. Yeah, so absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we often think of in here, and this really is a show that mostly dentists would listen to, but others as well. We don't want to exclude anyone. So from your perspective, I'm sure there have been times you've walked out of a meeting and thought, wow, he was really on top of his game. He really challenged me or she really challenged me uh, during that meeting. So what tips could you give to a dentist, right? So how they should approach a meeting with a sales rep to really get the most out of you or, you know, to put you in that spot to really get get the most effective time, use that time most effectively. 
You know, that's another really good question, Greg. I think just off the top of my head, you know, being prepared just as the sales reps we would hope would be prepared, right? Really think through maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes before that sales rep comes in. Um, some really challenging questions, right? To make sure that you're getting the value and the impact that you're looking for out of the meeting and making sure that all of their questions are answered. Um, and then also I would just say preparing, you know, I think sometimes sales reps can get kind of a bad rep, if you will. Um, and really just being open-minded and judging, you know, each individual as they come through the door and giving everybody a fair chance. Um, but certainly make it challenging, ask the questions that they want and make sure that their needs are being met. I definitely agree with that. And the, the part I think that's most important, if you can establish early on is what are you hoping to gain or achieve other than what we were talking about, what everyone else is doing? What, what would you like to improve in your practice and, and learning about the person sitting across the table for you and starting to understand what they can bring into your practice? And if it's the type of person that you really enjoy working with, there's a lot of times it's not a personality meld for the sales rep or the product really isn't ideal. Sometimes they'll find themselves using it even though they like them so much. But at the end of the day, it's really, what are you trying to gain? What is the area of improvement and narrowing that focus to make the time that you spend in front of her the most valuable? Gotcha. So, you know, making the most use of the time. Absolutely. So let, let me ask you this, being two females that are you know in the workplace and successful at what they do, what are some of the barriers or what are some of the challenges that you find that when encountering clinicians, right, encountering, encountering doctors, when you're going into those practices, what are the some of the challenges that you're feeling that you're facing on a daily basis or in some of those engagements that you're finding challenging that maybe some of your your male counterparts aren't experiencing on, on a daily or weekly basis? For me, I think male or females, a lot of times it's alignment with the office and the goals and the gatekeeper, which, you know, on the sales side of it, we spend so much time trying to get through the gatekeeper or understand or achieve the doctor. And a lot of times I think they just have this cease and desist and, and they're not even looking for, Hey, I want to add this to my practice. I want to learn more about education. I actually would like to do a little more marketing. That message and the internal messaging within the office isn't clear. And, you know, as a female, I think it's really important that we establish the value that we bring to the doctor. And we're not there as a food delivery person or someone who just wants to talk to them to use our product that we really want to add value and bring forth them hitting their goals and achieving them more quickly than they imagined or aligning with their team and, and starting to set goals for their practices. Yeah. And I would, I would support what Jamie says there as well. Um, surprisingly, Greg, if I'm being candid, I don't know that I feel that the interaction is any different being male or female in the setting of a dental practice. Um, we've seen a lot of growth over the last couple of decades and like, um, you had stated in Jamie's intro, I mean, we've watched the dental industry move really to 50-50 um, as far as female dentists and male dentists graduating out of dental school. So I would say this is one of the unique sectors uh, in business where you actually see a pretty fair mix. Um, and I think that that's much more progressive than what we're seeing in other industries. And so from that standpoint, I don't necessarily feel 
you know, that there's any advantages or disadvantages to be on either side when dealing with our customers directly. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. I appreciate that 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 feedback. So what would you say, you know, one fact that, you know, people have I've seen recently, right, is that currently only 8% of CEOs are female in the Fortune 500 companies. Now that we're talking the very top um, of the elite companies, the biggest market cap companies that are out there, right? So those have, that have really reached the pinnacle. And, you know, I, I was talking on more of a localized basis that what you are sharing and experiencing. So there's a big gap between, you know, A and B that I've described here. So what would you you know experience wise what do you what would you chalk that up to what do you think are holding women back from really reaching that pinnacle if there is some parity that's been achieved in dental schools and in the dental industry where do you think that gap is where do you think that misgiving is what is holding women back in the workplace that certainly is um, a loaded question and uh, you know that I'm a big fan of Cheryl Sandberg um, COO for Facebook. Um, and I really love a lot of the TED Talks and things that she's done. And I think she brings up a really good point. And I think one of the main things is, you know, she she has a saying that says, don't leave before you leave. And I think a lot of it has to do with home dynamics and women leaving the workforce or possibly thinking that they can't do certain things and also have a family, right? The idea of like, you can't have it all. And I think when you look cross-sectionally and we just look at all different industries, I do think that's one of the main drivers um, where maybe women aren't leaning in, not getting a seat at the table and raising their hand because it still is not commonplace and overall maybe supported. Um, and we're not taught that from a young age that you can have it all and, you know, you don't have to leave. You have different options and maybe challenging that and supporting each other, right? Um, and talking about it more, bringing light to it and acknowledging it, um, I really think is the first step. I mean, all of those are awesome points, totally valid. Um, I would also say what we encounter is what we're seeing in dental schools. Some of these things take time. And so it's the realization you know, that we can have it all, that we can do these things. And unfortunately, in a lot of settings, it's breaking through old traditions and old norms. And that that really requires someone with a lot of confidence, who's ready to speak up at the table, who feels comfortable having a seat. You know, we had a, a great HR representative in our career that uh, Brittany and I shared at one point, um, even down to the the way that we sit, the way we posture, the way we take up space at times, that confidence a lot of time that we see across the board isn't always there. And, and the network of women building each other up, there's times like Brittany nailed it. You know, you're, you're leaving before you get, are even gone and, and, and your mind is other places. So there's some cultural things that I, I, it's so exciting, you know, seeing even I follow Forbes women. It's one of my favorite publications that I get weekly um, and the amount of empowerment and, that's out there that really wasn't there even 10 years ago. It just wasn't the industry norm. And so as we educate, as we have more access, um, social media, seeing the amazing, amazing achievements women have, and, and to Brittany's quote in the point, not about having women in leadership, but it just being leadership one day, 
the tides are turning, it is coming. And, and some of it just takes time and acceptance and, and all sorts of different variables. Uh, but it, I think the future is very bright. Yeah, so fantastic. And it sounds like uh, in the dental industry that there's a lot of progress that's been made that perhaps has been stunted or, you know, as you put it, Jamie, there's some old traditions that are still trying to be, you know, shunned or tossed aside in order for that progress to be made. So let me ask you this, because I'm curious, you know, with the progress that's been made, you know, it, it a ship in the sea doesn't turn at a 90 degree angle, right? You know, that, that ocean liner takes a while in order to change direction. And, and we all know that, right? It, it's common, you know, creates a visual for all of us. So with all the progress in the dental industry that we have seen so far that you've shared with me so far, what are some of the things that, you know, or that you've experienced that you see that's most frustrating still in the industry that you think could really be a huge leap forward um, in order to continue to be a leading industry for women? I mean, I'll say it. I know Brittany can speak to it, but there are times definitely where being being a mother, stepping out for maternity leave, um, I've heard conversations about it or the concern of hiring a female rep. Like, are they going to be able to contribute the time that a male rep would, would be able to, and specifically in the dental industry? And also, you know, the room as if a female might feel uncomfortable amongst seven or eight men in a professional setting, which is honestly kind of laughable. You know, we're all there to collaborate, to make the situation better. So really it, it goes back to her quote before it isn't you know, women or leadership. There's a lot of the capabilities. And I, I, I believe in the thought that where, you know, where decisions are being made, it's a very important perspective. And there are times, you know, just like, any type of diversity, it brings a different and uh, an elevated perspective to the room at times. Yeah, I fully agree with Jamie. I think um, it's a shift in mindset, Greg, that needs to happen, right? We need to allow ourselves to say it's okay. And instead of viewing it as a weakness, viewing it as a strength, um, 12 weeks is such a temporary time. I mean, that's your average maternity leave, right? In the U.S., like, for the right candidate, 12 weeks out shouldn't really dictate whether or not, um, you know, a dentist is hired or if they decide to open their own practice versus just being an associate, right? Um, we should be empowering people. And I think it's just going, I mean, we've made leaps and bounds. Just look over the last 50 years at women's rights and how much they've improved, right? So I definitely think we're headed in the right direction, but I still think it takes advocates, uh, you know, of all different perspectives. It's not just women, but men shifting their mindset too. that hopefully, irregardless of gender, we just start choosing the right candidate and we support people, you know, in any facet for any time off that they're needing, you know, as far as family planning. I just think if we were able to jump that hurdle, we'd see a lot more equality quite a bit quicker. Yes, yeah, certainly the 12 weeks, it, it is a, you know, it's a static number. And I'm sure some would need more and some less, you know, not being a mother, I really can't speak to that. But I know that there are different circumstances. And, you know, I, I got a phenomenal email today. There's somebody in the organization that I work for, um, who I grew very close with, and she's a phenomenal person. And I, I got a great email. And it was a picture of her baby that she had her baby yesterday. And, you know, the 
comment from the person that she reports to heads up the department. We were having a nice exchange back and forth. And her comment was, uh, you know, I, I shared that she's not only, you know, a great human being and, a, and an awesome person, but has a, an incredible work ethic. Um, and the, her, you know, supervisor shared the same uh, feeling and said, I, she had, she said that this employee said her intention was to come back and she really hopes she does after her 12-week maternity leave. And that sat with me. That made an impression on me. And I thought, okay, well, how about just leave the door open? I understand that obligations to a company and they, you know, that's important as well, that they have obligations, but maybe some creativity in that area of organizations of certain sizes. I understand if it's a, you know, a small business um, as well. So some creativity in that area could really be helpful. So what are your thoughts on that? Of Because I don't see a whole lot of creativity. I see a lot of uh, specificity uh, and I understand why. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, as you know, Greg, but sharing with everyone else on this podcast, um, I am pre- I'm eight and a half months pregnant currently with my second baby. So, um, I have lots of feelings on this as I'm about to exit on maternity leave myself in like 30 some odd days. Um, I think we're behind the times just overall in the United States, right? So our Canadian counterparts get a year off for maternity leave. I think when you have that sort of time, I think it's viewed maybe negatively immediately by the employer thinking of what they're losing. But I think the return rate to work is so much higher. Um, the average maternity leave time over in Europe is more around the six month mark. So I think just overall, as a country, we need to get more progressive thinking about our mothers and thinking about the people that we value in the workforce. Um, and really look at the time that we're giving people. And I think if we were able to get a little bit more creative, just overall, um, in the U.S. market that I think we'd see a bigger return back to the workforce um, from our women. And I think that would be, you know, overall more valuable for our economy. Yeah, I, you know, I appreciate you sharing that with all of our listeners. And uh, by the time this airs, it's probably going to get pretty close to you having your baby. So good luck with that. And, you know, God bless you on that. That That's thank, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Brittany, for sure. Okay, this is the point of our podcast when all of our guests go through what the sleuth is going on? All right, you ready for this? There's three questions, rapid fire. So typically I have you do alternating uh, or each of you answer the questions, but I'm just going to rapid fire and I want you to answer them. So Jamie, you get the first question. Are you ready? Yes. Here it goes. First impression. Tell me about the worst bad breath experience you ever encountered. Oh my gosh. That, that's so hard, Greg. Bad <laughs> breath encounter. You know what I think is the worst is when we started wearing masks and you start to have your own bad breath and you're like, <laughs> I floss, I brush. I'm, I, I probably have about seven packs of gum. I'm not even lying. I'll count them when I get, when we get off the podcast and send it to you of gum in my purse, because I've become like fanatic about morning coffee breath. I can't remember like a specific person, but oh my gosh, masks. I'm, I'm glad that we're starting to step away from them. And uh, listen, guys, I have good oral hygiene. Do not judge me. I go to my cleanings. <laughs> I floss. I brush. This but is wow, a dental what a podcast. What a reality. Just so you know, her yes. name will be connected to the podcast episode. So everyone in the greater area where she lives, find her. No, I'm kidding. Uh, All right, just Brittany. Just because I couldn't think of someone <laughs> to put on blast. That's on me Exactly. Now. Dang it. All right, Brittany, I'll give you this one. Question number two. 
if you could change one thing about your smile, what would it be? I think I would have longer front teeth. Um, and that might sound really funny, but when I was going through ortho, they like sawed down number eight and nine and I am a horrible grinder. And so I'm grinding them down and I fear, Greg, that like I'm not going to have teeth and I'm pretty upset at that orthodontist back from like middle school who took my front teeth from me. I'm going to be singing like all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth <laughs> um, because they really should be longer and uh, every time I smile, that's what I think of. I'm just being honest. <laughs> nice. I wonder if I, I love it. She's like, I want my two millimeters back. That's right. I'm wondering that. if I have to pay for the rights for my producer to dub that in for the podcast. We'll see. We'll still check that out later. <laughs> Thank you for that. All right. This one's going to both of you. So I, uh, you know, either one can answer first. So if you could go back and be the inventor of any dental product, which one would it be and why? I. She's going to laugh at me. I wish I would have invented the endoactivator, Brittany. <laughs> yes. I it's love like, that. like the cheesiest little thing for endodontics. It's not cheesy. It actually is really impactful. And as a salesperson, it's super easy to sell. And it was inexpensive. And I feel like it is such a game changer in the process. So we're totally endo nerds at heart. You'll just have to know that about us. We love like endodontics and root canals and endodontists in general. But I loved selling that because the doctors could see the difference in the procedure and they would get so excited about it. I don't know why that's the first thing that came to mind, but that's totally the, my invention. It's not even a good one. The Dang easy it. sell, the low cost barrier for entry and... She nerded out. We love it. All right, Brittany, how about you? I'm having a hard time. I'm thinking of something like a toothbrush, like, a toothbrush for Jamie. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Listerine strips for Jamie. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking like some sort of dental imaging, maybe like the original like dental x-rays or something. I just feel like dental imaging has really like improved patient care overall and moved the industry forward and it continues to. So maybe being like the godmother, if you will, of dental imaging. We'll start with like bite wing x-rays. Okay. All right. I like that. So, you know, earlier that both of you were talking about this and a lot of our listeners are dentists or even if they're not and building out teams, you were talking about sales reps. And so I want to ask each of you, so tell me about building out a team. Right. You were talking about sales reps and, you know, females being in with males and just building out teams in general. So give me one tip that you have found over the years of building out a team that has just been so essential and critical to building a successful team. You're lucky because you have the queen of team building, Brittany, on the call today. <laughs> because if I answered, I would literally be stealing her answer. So I want to hear what she says, but I... I so Jamie's going to punt to the queen of team, Brittany. The queen, the queen of, of teams. Um, thank you for that, Jamie. Yes, I am currently in the process. I will have in my current role, have hired... 16 sales reps in under three years. I am in the process right now of hiring for four more positions and that will be my count. So I certainly do not have a shortage of experience um, building teams and rebuilding teams. I think for me, Greg, it's really simple. It's picking the right person. Um, that would be the one tip I would give to other sales leaders is 
make sure you find the right fit. Don't ever be in a rush. If you need to go back to the drawing board and do five different rounds of interviews until you found that right fit, I think 80 to 90% of your job is done if you've got the right person in place. And that really is what's key for me and what's you know driven a lot of my success is picking the right people for the job. Nice. Be deliberate. Absolutely. Take your time. I like that a lot. All right. One final question that I want to ask each of you because it, you know, it, it's a doozy. All right. Are, are you ready? Brace yourself for it. So if you could oh, go back, right, if you could go back into your early career, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? That's a good one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? <laughs> so much advice. Um, how much time do we have? No, just a few um, minutes. <laughs> the 30 minute podcast turned into three hours. Yeah. I mean, I'll hop in. I feel like we, I think Brittany will echo it. She might have different advice, but take, take an active role in your development very early and choose your steps. Don't wait for others to describe to you the direction you should go or what your strengths are. Um, the sooner you can, you know, utilize your, you know, we go through all sorts of assessments and personality traits. The more you can learn about yourself and decide what your path is and start to take an active role, the sooner, the better. I feel like early on, I thought that my work ethic and my results were going to speak for me. And I much later realized, um, you know, to work smarter, not harder and be very deliberate with the things I chose and very, and very outspoken on where I was headed. I think that's probably the one thing I remember the most about Brittany is the first time I met her, she really was ambitious and, you know, women should be doing this in leadership. You know, I was just taken aback and so impressed with her. And I thought, I'm not doing that for myself. I'm not advocating on that level. Um, I was just a few years ahead of her in my career. And so it's definitely um, respect I have for her and something I wish I would have done a little differently. I love that being proactive and not reactive uh, as a part of your own development in your career. That's great advice for anyone early in their career or even later in their career at any time in their career, for sure. Thank you for that. How about you, Brittany? Yeah, a lot of the same sentiments as Jamie. And thanks so much for that, Jamie. Um I just really think same thing. You have to be in the driver's seat and believe in yourself, right? Don't wait until you feel like you're necessarily ready for something. Throw your name in the hat anyways. Try it anyways, right? Um, always set the bar high. Always challenge yourself and just have your own goals. Um, you know, try to, try to drown out the noise and just stay focused on what you're trying to accomplish and have a seat at the table. Give everything. 150%, but certainly be your own best advocate. And one thing that I am really working on right now, Greg, that I really wish that I'd have done earlier in my career um, is proactively reaching out for mentorship and really expanding my professional network. Um, I think that's something that I'm still learning to do. And I think it's just of the utmost importance and certainly advice I would have given, you know, 22, 23 year old Brittany coming out um, into the workforce. So certainly still lots to learn, but, um, those would be my top tips, I think. 
I love it. Seeking out mentorship. I, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, doesn't matter what craft you're in. I, seeking out mentors and those who have been there before and asking them to share with you their experience and where they've gone and their path is an excellent, excellent tip. So thank you so much for sharing that. Well, Brittany and Jamie, thank you so much for being on the Tooth Sleuth podcast and sharing your experience with us today and talking about women in dentistry. And you didn't even have to beat me up at all. So I feel like I got off easy today. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for being a part of our show today. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. I'm really sorry we didn't get to beat you up either, honestly. (laughs) I'll have to have you on again for a beat up session. Thanks so much. (laughs) Have a great day, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tooth Sleuth podcast. If you're a dentist and interested in learning more on how to grow your business, reach out to our show at toothsleuth2021 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or hanging out on your nearest street corner where there seems to be a dental practice everywhere you look. Signing off for now, I'm Greg Estenmacher. I thank you for your time and the pleasure of your company. And remember to keep smiling. This podcast was produced by T-Door Productions. Theme song written by The Whole Other.